one of the reasons I want to go to heaven is because it will finally bring an end to the saying, all good things must end. We've come to our final service together as our brother prayed, and we knew this would come to an end. And from my perspective, it's gone very quickly because I got to be with people I love and I got to meet some new people who love the Lord. And one day, we won't have to worry about that. We won't have to worry about time, about how many songs we have time to sing or what time we need to leave. We'll be together forever. And it won't be all good things must end. It'll be all good things have just begun. And we'll have that forever. Since my first time to the valley, there are those who were once here and now they're waiting for us up there. And it'll be a special reunion with them. And we'll get to see the Lord. And we'll have just begun. It's been a joy to be reunited with a couple I consider the Priscilla and Aquila of our generation, Warren and Paul. You know, you never see one without the other. They're always together. And I've enjoyed being in their home and being in their company. They've got the perfect arrangement of how to make the preacher feel welcome and then leave him alone at the same time. And I know that Jesus said a prophet is without honor except in his own country. So you may not know how Warren is regarded among preachers and among brethren throughout the country, and I'm certain he hasn't told you. But just know that he has a wonderful legacy of his work in the kingdom, and Paula by his side, as he helps young preachers know how to preach right, and encourages others through his writing and his preaching to preach the word and fight the good fight. I hope you are privileged and feel privileged to have him in your midst. And what wonderful shepherds you have who love you, who want to lead you to the chief shepherd and want you to be saved. Thank God for them and for their wives. Tonight may be the last night of our time together this weekend. But I look forward to a time where we can remember these memories for all eternity. Until then, let's keep fighting the good fight. And follow the Lord fully. If you're not already there, I'd like to read from Joshua chapter 14 and read about one of the Lord's warriors from the Old Testament. 
Joshua chapter 14, and I want to read beginning at verse 6. Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was forty years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless... My brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear, but I followed the Lord my God fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. If I were to ask you tonight to name the two good spies... The two good spies out of twelve who, after viewing the land for forty days, came back and gave a good report for the people and said, Yes, it's going to be a challenge, but the Lord is with us and we can conquer the land. You would probably name them in this order. Joshua and Caleb. They're usually mentioned that way. And that's understandable because Joshua became the leader. He succeeded Moses in leading the people of Israel. Joshua was the general who led the conquest of Canaan. Joshua has a book named after him in the Bible. But I want to talk about Joshua's fellow spy tonight, the one who is usually overshadowed by Joshua. A Bible character who six times in the Old Testament a phrase is said about him. You know, we learn a lot about how God describes his people. Abraham was called the friend of God. David, God God called a man who's after my own heart. Do you know what he said about Caleb six times? He followed the Lord fully. He followed the Lord fully. Why does he say it that way? I mean, we know what it means to be fully charged, fully dressed, fully grown, fully operational. What does it mean to follow the Lord fully? In Caleb's case, I submit to you that it is expressed in three ways as his story is revealed throughout these books of the law and the books of history in the Old Testament. Because I want to encourage you tonight to follow Him who followed the Lord fully. What does that take? And how will that help us as we continue to fight the good fight of faith? Well, to follow the Lord fully, number one, is going to require vision. It's going to require a vision that sees things from a different perspective than everyone else. That's what you have with Caleb. Remember that 12 spies were chosen, one from each tribe, to go and spy out the land of Canaan for 40 days. They had been led right up to the Jordan River. And they're going to 
see the land. Is this really the land that flows with milk and honey? This land that God has promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And so they go see the land. And they see its produce and they bring back a cluster of grapes. One of the best way I saw this portrayed in a kid's Bible class was the teacher blew up some big purple balloons and tied them to a broomstick and had the kids carry that around in class. That's what it says they did with the grapes. That's how big they were. And they brought them back and said, here is the produce of the land. But back in Numbers chapter 13... There was a vastly different report about how to proceed from this day forward. Twelve spies all saw the same thing. But ten of them saw it from one perspective, and two of them saw it from a different perspective. Ten of them saw the size of the people and the fortified cities, and they said, we could never inhabit this land. The people are too big. The cities are too strong. And I want you to notice in Numbers chapter 13 who the spokesman was for the minority in verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. Caleb saw things from a different perspective. Now, he did not downplay the size of the people or the strength of the cities. That could not be denied. Yes, the cities are strong and the people are large. But you know what Caleb said? They're not as big as God and they're not as strong as he is. We shall surely overcome it. God will help us to be victorious. He saw things from a different perspective. And if you're going to follow the Lord fully, you're going to have to start seeing things from that vision. Not from the ground up, but to see things from God's throne down. This is not a sermon about positive thinking, about seeing the cup half full, about being optimistic or looking on the bright side. This is a sermon about faith. It's about trusting in God that no matter how big the giants are in the storms of life around us, He will carry us through. We took the kids to an event at the Houston Zoo when they were real little. It's called the Houston Zoobilee, and they were going to show the new orangutan exhibit at the zoo. And so my son David was still in the stroller at that time, and I took him right up to the edge, as far as you could go, where you could see into the, the orangutan's cage. And everybody around us was ooing and aahing at whatever he did. And I even heard David in his stroller going, wow. And I looked down and he was watching a squirrel go around over here. He, he wasn't even looking at the orangutan. The spies said, the cities are huge, the people are large, we, we can't do it, we're like grasshoppers. In their side. But Caleb saw him from God's viewpoint and said, They're the ones who were like grasshoppers in his side. 
We've got to start seeing things that way. Because in this battle that's before us, we're going to have giants. We're going to have odds that are seemingly stacked against us. You know what you have to do? You've got to change your vision. You've got to change how you look. In Matthew chapter 14, when Jesus sent the apostles away on the sea and then came to them in the middle of the night, walking on the sea, Peter saw him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Matthew says, Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. You know what verse 30 says? But seeing the wind. What happened? Peter changed his vision. Instead of seeing the Lord, he saw the wind. He saw what the storm was doing to the ship and to the sea. And he began to sink. And he cried out with fear, saying, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached into the water and put him back into the safety of the boat. Do you think it's impossible for you to be a Christian where you work? Change your vision. You think it's impossible for you to make your marriage work? Change your vision. You think it's impossible for you to overcome some besetting sin? Change your vision. Start seeing things from the perspective of heaven and say, we shall surely overcome it. Even when all of the congregation, it said, picked up stones to throw at Joshua and Caleb. They didn't change their story. They didn't change their look. He followed the Lord fully. You ready to follow Him? It requires vision. Number two, it requires devotion. Not just vision, but devotion. This is a devotion not to people, but to God. A devotion not to people, but to God. Remember that when the Israelites were going to send in 12 spies, they chose one man who would represent each of the tribes. We read in Numbers chapter 1 and verse 27 that there were 74,600 men in the tribe of Judah. That was Caleb's tribe. And from those 74,600, they were going to pick one. Think about that. You send in a job application. They say, we're going to take 74,000 applicants and take one. Are you going to sit by the phone and wait? Melissa and I used to get a report from our kids about everyone who was older than us 
who had a better phone than we did. Because for a while, I just had my old flip phone. And they would say, old sister so-and-so, 80 years old, she has an iPhone. Come on, Dad. But I decided one day on my flip phone, I was going to do the math on Caleb being one out of 74,600. I want to try to get my mind just some perspective on on what the odds were for that. So I put that in. One divided by 74,600 equals, guess what my little flip phone said? Out of range. Well, that's the point, isn't it? That's how highly Caleb was respected by his tribe. We need one man to represent us. We're sending in Caleb, the son of Jephthah. But do you know what that also means? Every man who was chosen by his tribe was that respected. Every representative was as highly regarded. It wasn't like the ten spies who said, we can't do this, were the riffraff of Israel. The spiritually weak, the faithless. These were the best of the best. And even when Caleb and Joshua were outnumbered, five to one, they said, we're devoted to God, not these men. It's going to require a devotion to follow the Lord fully. In Numbers chapter 14, I want you to notice what is said in verses 8 and 9 as Joshua and Caleb make their case. If the Lord is pleased with us, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Remember, they're the ones who are mismatched. God is with us. Be devoted to Him. Trust Him. Do not fear them. He followed the Lord fully. You know what I found to be a liberating thing about getting older? There was a time in my life when I would have been absolutely paralyzed with fear in thinking, what do other people think about me? What do they think about what I'm wearing or what I'm doing or what I'm saying? But now at 43 years old, If I want to go to the mailbox and check the mail wearing my Crocs and black dress socks, I'm going to do that because I don't care. I don't care what the neighbors think. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to try to please the Lord and not be devoted to what people think. It's what we've got to do in the world. You think Caleb might have been tempted... If, if not to cave in, just be silent. I won't say anything. 
I won't disagree with what they're saying, but I won't say anything because I'm afraid of what they'll think of me and what they'll do to me. But he was following the Lord fully, something that requires devotion. In Matthew chapter 26, in verse 58, when Jesus was arrested and all the disciples fled, they ran away. And they're leading Jesus away to his trials. We read in Matthew 26 and verse 58 that Peter followed from a distance. He wanted to see what's going to happen. What are they going to do to him? He wasn't ready to just abandon him altogether. But neither did he want them to think, I'm with him, so I'm going to follow the Lord at a distance. You're going to follow the Lord fully? Or follow from afar. To follow Him fully requires full devotion. A devotion that may require you to take your stand against the ungodly world we live in. You'll have to do that, I'm certain. But again, I want to remind you, Caleb was not taking his stand against the heathen nations. He was taking his stand against the leaders. Are you ready to follow the Lord so fully that you would take a stand in your own family and say, we shouldn't be watching this. We shouldn't be talking about this. This is gossip. You ready to do that? Are you ready to follow the Lord so fully that you would take a stand in the assembly and say, we don't have authority for this. This isn't book, chapter, and verse. It's what it takes if we're going to follow the Lord Fully. It requires a full devotion. Let's follow him who followed the Lord fully. It requires vision. It requires devotion. And number three, it requires completion. Vision, devotion, and completion. Let's go back to Numbers chapter 14. The passage we read at the beginning. Because of their lack of faith, Israel was made to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That was one year for every day the spies were in the land. And during this 40 years, that whole rebellious generation, that faithless generation, 20 years old and up, all of them died, save two. Joshua and Caleb. And at the end of 40 years, 
they do go into the land. They spend five years conquering the land. And so now that brings us here to Joshua chapter 14. And Caleb says in verse 10, And now behold, the Lord has let me live just as He spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am 85 years old today. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my faith was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out as the Lord has spoken. After conquering the land, they were ready to disperse the tribes into their inheritance in different parts of Canaan. And so the way they decided is, we're going to select one man to represent each tribe. He's going to come before Joshua, and we'll give them instructions about where to, to live. After 45 years, guess who the tribe of Judah chose as their representative? 85-year-old Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Send him in. And after this time, after having to suffer for 40 years because of the lack of faith of other people, Caleb could have very easily said, I'm 85 years old, give me a place where I can grow a garden and hang a hammock, and all the rest of these people, they can go work now. It's their turn. I've done my part. Give me my sweet tea and let me go off into retirement. But following the Lord fully means all the way to the end. And so he said, as my strength was then, as a 40-year-old man, so my strength is now, as an 85-year-old man, for war. He was ready to keep fighting the good fight. When my friends and I would play football, we would come to the line of scrimmage on defense, and one of us would say, man up. And usually that meant you looked across the line of scrimmage and you found someone on offense that you could keep up with and defend them. I usually pick the girl with the broken arm over here. <laughs> Israel came to the line of scrimmage and Joshua, the great commander, said, Man up. Guess what Caleb, the 85-year-old, said? I got the giants. I got them. We were supposed to drive them out 45 years ago, and I'm ready to do it now. I was going to do it then. But perhaps the Lord will be with us, and I'll drive them out as the Lord has spoken. Follow the Lord fully. 
And sure enough, Joshua 15 and verse 14, And Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak, Shishai and Aheman and Talmai, the children of Anak. And he did what he was ready to do by the hand of the Lord. You want to follow the Lord fully? It requires completion. Yes, we need to get started. Yes, you have to begin somewhere, but you also have to see it all the way through. You have to finish what you started. How many people have you known who have served the Lord for a time and then quit? They used to fight with us. They used to battle. But now they've left us. They're fighting with the enemy. We are still at war. We are still a people who have to drive out the worldliness that is around us. We still have to take a stand in an ungodly and perverse generation. Finish what you began. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, as Paul neared the end of his life and wrote what is believed to be his final epistle to young Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. He said, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. That doesn't say be faithful when it's easy. Be faithful when you feel like it. Be faithful when it's convenient, when it doesn't cost you anything. Be faithful until death, and I'll give you the crown of life. Revelation chapter 10. Chapter 2 and verse 10. That's what Paul was waiting for, his crown. He had fought and finished and kept. He had followed the Lord fully. Are you ready to follow him? Who followed the Lord fully? Caleb has mentioned those six times. Deuteronomy, Joshua, Numbers. But then not again. There's no verse in the New Testament that talks about Caleb. But we can still follow him, serve in his example as he followed the Lord.
fully. Because what's waiting for us on the other side of our Jordan is not a land on this earth. It's the land God has promised to His faithful. A new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Do you want to go to that land? Follow the Lord fully. The battle is not over. We're still fighting. Then we can anticipate such a time, a habitation, where the song so aptly says, no wars nor desolation shall ever move a stone. Fix your hope in the throne of God tonight and follow Him fully. Can we help you with your decision to do that? It's going to require vision. You're going to have to see things, not from the perspective of your own will, but from the will of God. You ready to do that tonight? It's going to require a devotion. This is going to change your life. You're going to have to surrender and give it to God and be devoted to Him. And it'll require completion all the way through until you see Him face to face. Come confess your faith and be baptized. Come back to Him. Come right now while we stand and while we sing.